Can we give a, a great Tulare County welcome for Suzanne? Thank you, Tulare County. Um, Rick, is this meeting till 9.30? 930? Okay. Well, my name's Suzanne, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, all. And this is a hell of a place to be on a Friday night. Um, for those of us that are alcoholics, I don't know about you guys. Um, most of you I've heard you talk about your drinking, so I know Friday nights are a great drinking night, um, no matter where we live. Um, uh, oh, happy birthday to Alcoholics Anonymous, 76 years um, There's a celebration going on tonight, and um, I was torn, my gosh, because I couldn't be there because we were there last year, but last year was 75 years, so it was kind of a big deal. Um, my sobriety date is July 6, 1991, so pretty soon it's coming up. It's going to be 20 years, and... Um, that's a miracle um, for somebody like me who could not think what it would be like to not have a drink. Um, part of what kept me from thinking that I was an alcoholic is um, I never drink every day. And when I heard people in AA talk about their drinking, um, of course I heard about all the differences. I never drink every day. I still had a job. Um, and I still had a car, even though it didn't have a driver's side door on it. And um, there were some other complications, but everything else on the outside was okay. Um, I did not think that it was possible at my age to be an alcoholic. Um, my alcoholic drinking was from 21 to 31. And um, <clears throat> I will have to tell you a little bit of what it was like before I started drinking so you can get an idea of what was going on in my life um, to stage the perfect mindset for alcoholism. Um, I'm not one of those that comes from a um, really awful family. A lot of people in AA will talk about um, they're alcoholic parents. Um, my parents are not alcoholic. Um, I am the fifth child of eight. I have four brothers and three sisters, so it's nice and even, four boys and four girls. Um, I was sent to a um, parochial school from first to eighth grade. I'm a straight A student. I never got in any trouble. Um, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school, and, um, you know, I've heard people talking in these rooms about uh, us feeling different, and I did feel different, um, although I seem to blend. Um, but when I was um, 14, with my mom having eight kids, she wasn't able to really pay attention to what was going on. It's not possible. And um, one of my brothers uh, brought over a friend. And, um, you know, all that friend had to say to me was, oh, you got a cute butt. And that was it. Um, I was in love with him. I thought he was the best thing ever. And um, he was 19. 
So those of us that have kids, 14-year-old, 19-year-old, that doesn't work well. I didn't tell my parents. <clears throat> and um, what ended up happening for the next two years was I lied to my parents about everywhere I went, anything I did, and who I was with. I was with him. And, um, you know, it didn't matter to me that he was a convicted felon. felon. Uh, it didn't matter to me that, um, you know, he had a warrant out for his arrest. There was all sorts of signs, but, you know, at 14, um, I didn't have a clue. So, um, you know, I was teaching uh, religion on Saturdays, and I had a commitment there, and, um, you know, my parents are seeing me do all the things they think I'm supposed to be doing, and um, he convinced me to run away from home with him. And so we had 500 bucks. I sold my mother's engagement ring. And um, we got on a Greyhound bus to Utah. That was the only bus that was going out of state somewhere, so we picked Utah. Why Utah? I don't know. It's a very strict Mormon state. It did not. It wasn't the best place for us to go. But anyway, um, I was married to this man for five years. I had two kids by the time I was 19. And, you know, I've heard even my husband has talked about the relationships where he took hostages. This man literally took me hostage. Um, I, we lived in Utah. I had nobody around. We had no phone. And um, as it turned out, he became um, one of the ten most wanted men in the state of Utah. And, um, you know, here I am, just a baby myself, 19, two kids. Um, in fact, um, on my 20th birthday, you know, my state had changed drastically from the time I was 16 and ran away from home and having two kids that were, um, you know, barely a year apart. He took me um, shopping for my birthday, clothes shopping. And this is just the kind of life we had. We went into the store. He said, you know, go get some stuff. Um, I tried it on. I came out. And he said, okay. <laughs> I looked out his gun and he said, you ladies, on the floor. He looked at me and goes, you, go to the car, take the stuff. <laughs> I cried. Um, so I had a crazy life. It was just five years. But um, during those five years, I was desperate for something to take away the pain. Um, I recall one time where he let me go out. Um, I had made a friend that was a neighbor. And in Utah, you can't just go to a bar, you can't just go to the state liquor stores, but she belonged to a private club. And so we went drinking, and I was only allowed to be out until 10 o'clock. Okay, and he's home with the two little kids. And um, I started drinking. And before I knew it, it was like 1.30 in the morning, and um, I didn't remember anything that had happened. Um, and it turned out to be a really awful night that night when I got home. Um, but I just remember thinking, oh, I want to feel that way again. And the only time before that I remember um, an episode with alcohol was when my sister got married at, um, when I was uh, 15. And I had a, some champagne, just a glass or two, and the next thing I knew, I'm passed out on the table. I don't remember how much I drank or how that happened to me. I've heard um, about a lot of people that talk about uh, their progression of alcoholism, and mine did get worse, but 
My very um, early memories of drinking, that is exactly what happened to me every single time. Um, once I had one drink, I couldn't stop, and um, I almost always had a blackout. I never remembered what happened. Um, needless to say, um, those five years created a lot of wreckage in my life um, since he was wanted. Um, Somehow I was able to escape. His brother came and got me, and um, I ended up having to move back home with my parents. I have two little kids. I didn't graduate from high school. Um, I have no education, and I am just a mess. Um, during that period of time, I had um, when I had those kids, I did not. Um, even use my right name. When I ran away from home, I changed my name. I was Lisa Susinger, by the way. Hey, <laughs> you ever read about her? Um, because he was already wanted. And so um, I lied about my age, and I lied about who I was. And then I lied about who my kids were. And it just went on and on and on. And um, when I moved back to my parents' house, I was so humiliated. Um, first of all, they knew everything that had happened because... Um, my husband was still a fugitive at the time, and so um, it was an FBI issue and whatnot. And um, everybody knew my secret. And uh, anyway, I did spend a couple of nights in jail, but um, I was so blessed because I have this really loving family, and my father bailed me out and in fact he sat at the jail overnight two nights in a row because one was a federal warrant the next was a local warrant I had to be arrested twice and he sat there and waited for me and he got me out um, so as you can imagine it was um, a disaster to try and clean up and um, had I not had um, parents with resources uh, who knows what could have happened um, so up to this point um, I am feeling lonely, I'm feeling humiliated, I'm feeling desperate, I'm feeling so afraid uh, because I turned myself in and he didn't. He was still a fugitive and um, I didn't know what to do. Um, somehow I got a job. Um, I started working for um, an electronics company and um, my mom took care of my kids and for, I had just turned 21 by the way when I moved back in. Two kids, 21, um, had only had one experience in a bar before and that was back in Utah when I had that wild little night out. <laughs> and so um, it was on. Um, I don't remember the first time that I was brought to a bar or heard took me or anything, but it became my place. It was where I was able to just let go of everything. And, you know, I had so much wreckage to clean up um, but I didn't know where to start. And uh, although my dad um, took care of the attorney and the next three years that I had to go back and forth to Utah, um, he didn't fix me, help me fix the other stuff. Um, I'm, I'm sure he finally said to himself, I'll do this, but the rest she can, she can fix. And, um, you know, there's not a whole big drunk log for me. It was 10 years of... Um, uh, my employer would start breaking it out at 5 o'clock. We'd have cocktails at work. And um, although I never planned to have um, 10 or 20 
or 30 or any of that, it always happened. Um, I had a DUI in 1986. Um, I, once again, I was at my favorite bar, and you know, that favorite bar was only eight miles from my house. And um, it was a weeknight of all nights, and um, it was, I think, it was almost three in the morning, and I was pulled over, and I don't remember driving at all. I was in a blackout the whole way, but I was pulled over, um, and that's when I came to and I thought, oh, shit, where am I and what's happening? And it turned out I was 90 miles away from home. That entire time I was driving in a blackout. Um, that was in 86, so I was 26 years old, um, sentenced to Alcoholics Anonymous and some um, classes. Um, and it just was not possible that I was an alcoholic then. But you know, like I told you guys, I started drinking alcoholically the minute I had the first drink. I, I obsess about it, and once I have it, I can't stop. There's just, um, there's no predicting what's going to happen to me. I tried it over and over and over again, um, controlled drinking. And when I read in the book where it says switching from scotch to brandy, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, I did all of that. I tried everything, um, and I never could control it. I wanted to. Um, anyway, in 86, getting that DUI, um, all I thought really was I just had bad luck that night and the CHP didn't have anything better to do at 3.30 in the morning except to arrest me. But I went to those AA classes and um, all I got out of it then, it was so funny because um, I went at 6 a.m. It was I didn't want anybody to see me. Um, um, I still continued with my job even with a restricted license. <coughs> but what I got out of those meetings was um, those people are so dumb. They read the same thing every meeting. And even after six months, even I knew what that stuff in the book said because I could say it as somebody was reading it. <laughs> um, so I definitely was not ready um, to surrender at that point in time. Um, I continued, even while I was going to the classes, um, I continued drinking. Um, and you know, I say I didn't drink every day, but I thought about drinking every day. It never went away. Um, and I had to plan my drinking, so it was just this complete obsession that happened um, because I would need to have make sure my mom was going to be home because I didn't want to leave my kids alone. and. <clears throat> there was a lot of planning that I had to do and um, you know almost every weekend I was shipping my kids off somewhere because I didn't want the responsibility and I had more important things to do um, I dragged those kids through just pure hell um, chose really awful relationships um, we had some stability because I lived with my parents um, for seven years um, after I left that man. He was finally arrested, by the way, and um, it was in 83 that he was arrested and sentenced to life in prison. He had murdered a woman um, that he worked with. 
Uh, he was a drug addict and um, absolutely crazy man um, that I picked. And uh, he was robbing her home one day, and he uh, she came home while he was there, and he beat her to death. She was a 60-year-old gal, um, real fragile and everything. But you know that. There were so many things that that man did. Um, I am lucky to be alive today, without a doubt. Um, anyway, got on that tangent again. Um, I chose more crazy relationships. Um, after those seven years at my parents' house, uh, there was a guy at work, and um, he had been clean for three years from heroin. And um, <laughs> um, he liked to drink, though. And so did I. And so um, we started this crazy relationship. And after my poor kids of having seven years of stability, um, I said, guess what? We're moving out. I am finally getting an apartment of my own. Thanks very much, Mom. I don't need you anymore. And, uh, oh, by the way, kids, you're going to a different school. And um, the day we moved into that apartment with that guy, he OD'd. He's in the bathroom, blood everywhere. I mean, uh, my kids and I were both just like, oh, wow. Um, another bad choice. Um, although I still moved in with him, and we proceeded when he got released from jail because the police came that, um, you know, we had um, three drivers the next day, and we were fine. Um, uh, that lasted for six months and um, probably six more times I moved those kids. Um, I um, moved in with another crazy person and um, it just was insanity. I could not figure out why my life was like it was because um, it was unmanageable from the very beginning. And you know, during that time I tried to do things like um, fix my kids' birth certificate and um, got my GED, um, little tiny steps. I don't know how I was able to get through that. <clears throat> Maybe because I didn't drink Mondays and Tuesdays most of the time. Uh, but I don't know about you guys, but um, my hangovers last for days, three days. Three days and I feel... I feel uh, like I have no mental capacity for anything. Um, you know, I used to think that I gave my employer all I had, um, which is such bullshit because I could not function very well at all when I'm hungover. I can't think straight. I can't talk right. Um, I can't make any good decisions. Uh, it really um, messes me up. <clears throat> So anyway, I'm miserable, and um, one more time we moved, and um, my sister, I have a baby sister who had been sober for quite a few years. She lives in Arizona, <clears throat> and she came to visit, 
And it just so happened when she was visiting, um, what had happened, this wasn't unusual by the way, um, it was a Friday night, um, I had started drinking at the office, and the next thing I knew, I came to, it was Saturday morning, um, I searched the house for my two little boys who were uh, 11 and 12, almost 12 and 13, didn't know where they were, didn't know if I had talked to them, had no idea. Um, but that happens to me when I drink. Uh, I'm a blackout drinker and um, it hit me hard that time. I was so humiliated one more time. What a terrible parent I am. Um, how negligent I had become and how it kept happening over and over again. Um, I ended up finding out they were at a friend's house and they said they had talked to me and, you know, they just looked at me like, wow. <clears throat> but my little sister, Angela, um, when she called to tell me she was coming to visit, she said, by the way, when I come to your house, I go to AA meetings and um, I want you to go with me. I don't want to, I don't like going where I don't know anybody. I thought, oh, that's fine. I'll support her. I'll, I'll do that. <clears throat> I had been to AA before. It was a bunch of old people that smoked cigarettes and read all that stuff. Um, but it was good for her. So um, I, actually she found the meeting and um, we went there and um, on the way we were talking about my incident um, with the kids and coming home and blacking out and um, at the meeting that night when they were doing chips she leaned over and she said hey it's been like 30 days for you do you want to take a 30 day chip all right i will I'm just thinking I want to fit in, so I did. And I was shocked after the meeting because all these people came up to me and um, one guy had an index card and he had written out, here's a good women's meeting, this one on Sunday night, you know, he was talking about all these meetings that he had written down and I could tell he wasn't even flirting with me, he was just being nice. Um, there was a couple women that came up after me. They gave me their phone numbers. Um, and I just thought, well, none of those meetings I went to before was like this. They, they were never that friendly. Um, and something happened to me that night. Um, maybe I admitted to my innermost self that I'm an alcoholic. That meeting was a book study. Um, and I started going to that book study into that drunk story is that became my home group um, and I never drank after that night it was crazy um, so I think it was simply admitting to myself that I was an alcoholic I don't know what I heard that night that made me think any different but I know what I felt that night and that night I felt like there might be some hope for me when I took that 30 day chip and when people 
said my name. They didn't call me Susan because so many people do, and that's not my name. It's Suzanne, huh, Bill? <laughs> they called me Suzanne, and um, they were so kind to me. Um, I went to that meeting for 10 years. Um, I'm really stubborn, and I did not read the book on my own. Um, in fact, it was probably well over six months before I asked somebody to be my sponsor. It was because I was scared. I didn't know what the hell it meant, and I didn't, I didn't want to ask anybody either. Everybody else here acts like they know what they're talking about. Oh, work the steps and call the sponsor and um, read the book. And I thought, why are people reading the Bible here? I don't want anything to do with that. Um, but nobody said it's the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. There's so many things that people just say and we forget that new people don't know this stuff. I didn't know that stuff. I didn't know what the steps were. I didn't know why you needed a sponsor. Um, so it took me a long time um, of sitting in meetings and um, figuring it out for myself because I didn't ask for help until I was like six months sober. And that's why I think it's so wonderful when people like you um, will early on ask for help. But I wouldn't. I, did, I, my pride was just in my way. I didn't want anybody to think I was stupid. Um, for two years, I went to um, a meeting every day, at least a meeting every day. I went on my lunch hour, um, because I don't know about you guys, but um, at work is when I start getting all these emotional things get, get happening, and I get frustrated, and I get mad, and I don't know how to do all that stuff, and immediately I would start thinking, I'm going to drink tonight, and I would go to a meeting instead, and when I would go home that night, um, I didn't go to the bar. I went to a meeting, and I didn't drink at night either. Because initially I thought um, people were lying. When they said 90 days, I thought, yeah, I can do days too, but not nights and weekends. Uh, I can't do that. Um, but a day at a time, um, those days added up. And um, the meeting that was my home group, um, they gave tips there, and it just blew my mind how hopeful I got when other people were taking shifts. Um, and as I got to hear people sharing in that meeting, um, I felt like I wasn't the worst one in the group. Um, I thought I might sound crazy, but I thought nobody has ever done anything as awful as I have. And when I hear people like Debbie talking about um, her maternal issues, and I have maternal issues, and um, in Alcoholics Anonymous and working the steps, we can have some closure on those issues. And it made me feel like I'm not alone. Um, it, it made me feel like I could belong. Where's Julia? Um, when you said the other night, um, I keep coming here, these are my people. I had never felt like there was a place where these are my people. Um, I would never speak to anybody. In fact, I hate speaking at work. Um, I used to have to do presentations 
um, and I absolutely hated it, thought I needed medication to do it. Um, but it was part of my job, and um, boy, I drank good after those presentations because it made me nervous. Um, but I would do it for Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, it has saved my life, um, and I know a lot of people in here that saved theirs too. Um, when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, do you know what I felt like? Um, life's a bitch and then you die. And I don't need anybody's help. That's how I felt, truly. Um, and I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any friends for a long time. One drinking buddy and she didn't like drinking with me because I always argued and said, give me the keys, I'm fine to drive. And she probably got sick of arguing. But I look in the room today and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and a whole bunch of others. I'm just counting the women that I can call my friends. Um, that is a miracle for me that um, I feel as if I could pick up the phone any time of the day and say, I got an issue I need your help with. And I have never had that before. But through these 19 plus years, I've had that all along. And that has been just an amazing feeling for somebody like me who feels so alone in the world. Um, I'm not alone anymore. I'm not so different anymore. And the other great thing is I found a way to deal with all of that stuff that I got here with. That humiliation, uh, the shame, all the fear, all the resentment, all of those things that I got here with that I had no idea how to deal with, I found a way to deal with it. Um, and it's the one thing I resisted, and it was working the steps. Um, but I should have asked somebody for help, and I get um, frustrated today when um, I see a new person and they walk out the door with nobody grabbing them and saying, do you know what this is about? Do you have a book? Um, let me show you where the steps are and here's my phone number. Um, and I've watched over the years um, that it, it, it was like that for me back in the day. Um, we did that all the time. And um, in fact, I forgot to tell you guys a story when I was six months sober. Um, it was a group of guys at this um, Tuesday night meeting that I went to and there was a guy, his name was Mead, and he had a panel. And um, I didn't know what a panel was, and I sure as hell wasn't going to ask him. And he said, um, hey, why don't you go with us? It was in Los Angeles, Skid Row. And I'm going, who's going? He goes, oh, there's about six of us. You'll be okay. You'll come with us. We'll all drive together. Okay. Well, I'm liking my new social life with AA people and these guys who I feel very safe with. Um, and that night, there was no other women going. It was me, but I felt, I felt safe with these guys. I did not know what it was. Um, I thought it was probably just a little meeting um, down in L.A. And they take a little road trip to go there. So we get there, and um, it is at the Salvation Army. This is in a hardcore area. And I go in the place. And we sit down, there's six of us um, sitting in chairs, and we're looking like over the group like I am right now. And it is nothing 
by a, a group of black men. I'm looking at them like, I don't know what am I, I don't have anything in common with these guys. I feel scared now. What am I doing here? <clears throat> and he looks over at me and he goes, you're going to speak first. <laughs> I can't tell these guys anything. Um, and I did just what I'm doing tonight. I got up there, and you know, but then my knees were shaking really bad. And um, I just, you know, told my story and that I had six months sober. And after I shared and the meeting was over, a group of the guys came over, and they became not so scary to me. They were just trying to get sober, too. That was it. And they were saying, I, I could relate to this, and oh, I'm a black eye drinker too. And I was like, man, Alcoholics Anonymous is not particular who we are, where we come from. Um, and it was just a moment of enlightenment for me that um, we alcoholics were everywhere. Um, they also took me into a little detox center, and it was just a tiny little place, but on the wall when we walked in, there was a picture of a gal in a nurse uniform, and there was a police officer, um, a couple of different uniform type people where you could tell what they did for a living. Excuse me. And on the end of the wall, it said, you're a typical alcoholic. And um, that also helped me accept the fact that it didn't matter that I was 31 because I kept thinking, I am way too young. This is not possible. Old people get alcoholism. Um, but it, it helped me realize it didn't, it didn't matter. There was 10 years of my life I could hardly remember any of it because of my drinking. And that's, that's not normal. <laughs> Um, ten years I um, spent in Orange County. I'm a native Southern California gal, but now I'm a Surrey County gal. And um, I take the sponsor. She helped me work the steps. Um, my little sister also helped me a lot on the steps. And um, I went and spent like a week at her house one time, and we just really went through the book. Um, and we got to share a bunch of things. She shared her story with me. I shared my story with her. Things I had never really admitted to anybody about what had happened with um, my ex-husband. And it was just a um, a feeling that made me um, feel like there was there was hope in my life. And um, I learned that um, when I would help somebody else work through the steps, it would help me go back to what I had done, and it helps me go back to the book, because I still, the only time I go back to the book, and I will admit this, I, some people are really good about reading it, I never have been, is when some other woman will ask me for help, and then I will go to the book. Um, it's been a couple of times where I thought, I better check on that, and I've opened it without, but usually it's and working with somebody else that I will um, read the book. Um, I moved to San Diego in um, 2000. And that was one of the hardest things that I dealt with um, along those um, years of sobriety. 
I did not realize that I had taken those people and those meetings for granted. Um, I just thought, okay, well, I'll go to AA. I'll find another meeting. I know how to do this. Um, well, I found a meeting. It was by my house. I did not reach out my hand to anybody. I snuck in and I snuck out. I didn't feel like I belonged there. I didn't think they liked me. Um, and you know how that goes. Um, it was just um, my own insecurities and fear. And I was really surprised at how much I missed those people at that meeting. I thought, I'll still stay in touch and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, that's not um, reasonable when you're working full time and it's um, a long drive. It wasn't possible for me to get back to that meeting. In fact, I've only been back a few times since um, I moved away. Um, but it really taught me a lesson um, when I did move. It taught me that I need to do the same thing now that I have done all along. So I, um, when they said, does uh, anybody want to have the secretary position? Oh, okay, I'll do it. And lo and behold, I became secretary in that meeting, and you notice all of a sudden, I know a few people's names, they know mine, and I'm feeling again like I belong here in this AA meeting. Um, so that was a difficult period in my sobriety. Um, and then I moved here in 2005, and one more time, you would think I'd go, oh, I won't do the same thing I did the last time I moved, um, but I did. Um, I went through a lot of um, stuff with work and um, a failed company, and um, I had never been unemployed um, except for, you know, way back when when I lied about my age and all that kind of stuff. Um, but since I had um, moved back, I had always worked. And I struggled one more time. Didn't feel like home. Didn't know anybody. Um struggling to find a meeting where I felt like they were doing it that right way. I'd been to a couple and was like, oh, I didn't like that and nobody said hi to me and, you know, all that craziness. It was hard, again. Um, I had my car packed. I had my youngest son um, tell me I could move in with them. I was just going to pay the mortgage here, get a job down in Southern California, and work it all out that way. And he said, yeah, you can move in with me as long as you go back to school. <laughs> Thank God that didn't work out. Um, God had different plans, and I, um, this company had um, found me on the Internet. I hadn't even um, sent them my resume, and, and I work for them today. Um, but uh, it's funny. A lot of people probably think that um, Bill and I met in Alcoholics Anonymous, and we didn't. At the time, I wasn't going to hardly any meetings, um, but I was searching for a husband on the Internet. <laughs> well, that was 
As I told you guys, um, I was single since uh, 1981. You know, I raised my kids. Now they're grown. They're 32 and 33, and um, um, I was ready to really see what it's like to date sober. And you know, um, it had been a long time. I knew that um, there was a lot of work God had to do with me and my relationship stuff. And so I didn't date for a long time. Um, but when I moved here, I did. And um, I met Bill, and he he lived six blocks away from me. It was just ridiculous that um, we couldn't meet in Winpove or something like that. But um, I do have to say, um, when um, we started dating, he was going to a lot of meetings, and um, I didn't want our AA to be together. But I did go to more meetings when I started dating him, and um, you know, it helped me connect in the community and feel like I could be okay going to meetings again here. Um, so I'm so grateful that that happened. Um, not to mention, I get a wonderful husband. Um, what I was able to do. Um, working the steps with my family. You know, I resented the hell out of my parents. These wonderful people who have done nothing but love me for my whole life. I resented them um, because, you know, damn it, they should have known that I was lying to them for two years and saved me from that crazy man. Um, I was able to see that it was just my bad choices. I would never have been able to find out those really important points so that I could look at things in a different way. And I have a wonderful relationship with them today. Um, my two sons, um, that was tough. It was really tough. Um, I still have my oldest son who, um, it's obvious, he has a lot of resentment. Um, he never went to see his dad. Um, my youngest son did. Um, he developed a relationship with him. That's what he wanted to do. and. Um, um, making my amends to those boys, um, that was, it was hard. It was hard admitting the things that I had done um, and knowing um, that they were fully aware of um, how many things I had done to hurt them. But the beautiful thing was, um, after a few years, I think they believed, not by what I said, but what I did that I wasn't going to drink anymore. I couldn't tell them that. I couldn't swear it to them because I had said it many, many times. You know, on the weekends where my son Joe would look at me and he would say, you should see yourself. And it just got me in the heart. That was when I was, you know, drinking with the heroin addict. Um, but those kinds of things didn't stop me from drinking. But when I made my amends to them, um, I was able to live like what I wanted to be um, as their mom. Um, I have great relationships with most of my sisters today, my brothers. Yeah. Um, I didn't do them any harm when I was drinking, and, and I was gone for most of the time. But um, it definitely changed all of my relationships by working the steps. One thing that I didn't think um, was possible um, was putting myself on the amends list um, and being able to forgive myself 
um, because I think I um, resented me more than anybody else. Uh, the years of um, watching the destruction and not being able to stop it, yet seeing it happen over and over again. Um, I didn't think it was possible that I would be able to feel like I have something to give back um, to anybody. And today, somehow it happened that days and years have gone by and rarely do I even have a thought about drinking. Um, the obsession was gone probably after the first year, really. When I got scared, I would want to drink. And um, after working the steps and feeling like I, I could even be around it um, and not be tempted by it, the fear just went away. Um, so I am so grateful to Alcoholics Anonymous for um, a whole list of things, a room full of friends, um, women that I can call friends today. Um, I didn't think it was possible that I could have that. Um, men that I could call friends today. And a family that loves me and a family that I don't resent. Um, it has been really a wonderful ride. Um, lots of different ups and downs, but you know, um, no matter what, I never stopped knowing that I was an alcoholic. I never stopped believing that I was one. And I have always loved Alcoholics Anonymous. I get hope here, no matter how many meetings I've been to. Um, and I'm so happy that our, our my home group, the Women's Meeting on Tuesday night, does chips because it gives me that renewed sense of hope. Um, it reminds me of how thrilled I was getting a 90-day chip that it was possible to go that many days without a drink for me. Um, and I love seeing that it still works. Nothing has changed about Alcoholics Anonymous. It still works. Um, thank you so much for asking me to come and share my story. And um, thank you guys, all of you, for listening. And um, have a great rest of the weekend.